Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast. If you have listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that I get a physical reaction when I really enjoy a chat with someone. I get goosebumps and I often get a little bit teary, which sounds so ridiculous and sounds so soppy, but you know, it's happened for years when I'm when I'm onto a good idea, creative idea at uh, you know or a new branding strategy or something like that, I get goosebumps. And today's chat with Sandra from Mizzy the Kangaroo, I had so many goosebump moments. Sandra is such a wonderful example of a woman who started a brand from day zero with extreme self-belief in what she has created and she invested in her business from day zero with the intention of growing a global brand that makes a difference in the lives of her customers and makes a difference in the community as a whole. We're talking about that in the chat today about her brand values and how sustainability from her packaging to her product design has been at the core of her business. We also chat about how she's bounced back from really big challenges like having all of her year's worth of stock destroyed from the Brisbane floods in 2022 and how she turned that into a beautiful silver lining and how she has never ever given up on her mission to bring beautiful, sustainable, educational products to mums and babies all around the world. So I think you're really, really going to enjoy this chat with Sandra today. You're going to take away a lot of key learnings, but also a lot of inspiration for your own business. Whether you're at day zero or you're yet to begin or you're five years in, it's a lesson of never giving up and believing in yourself, even when other people or circumstances say no. Sandra joined Ecom Grow Strong and funnily enough, it was actually the third time her business had joined Ecom Grow Strong because she had put because she had put two employees through the course over the past two years and she had decided and she was going to upskill and learn digital marketing, direct to consumer digital marketing herself and it has been game changing for her. So listen in, I think you're going to love it. And if you'd like to join Ecom Grow Strong, doors are open right now and they are closing very, very soon, like this week. So this is your last chance for another five or six months to join my game-changing 12-week group coaching program and get my support as well as the support of community women just like Sandra that you'll hear today and just like myself that want you to succeed. So go to lisaburn.co forward slash EGS to find out more. Hey, Sandra, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lisa. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to yeah, I'm so excited to have you. We were just saying that you're normally on the other side of the podcast listening to it and and now you're here with me. So 
Absolutely. I've been following your podcast for quite some time. I always love hearing other people's journeys. So thanks for inviting me along this time. Oh, pleasure. Now it's all about sharing your journey. So why don't you tell us a little bit, well, who you are, what your brand is, what you sell? Sure. So I'm Sandra Ebbett. I'm the founder of Mizzy the Kangaroo. We're home of Australia's original natural teething toy and educational toys. So we basically create purposeful toys for infants and babies. And every single one of our products has a purpose to help them grow and and learn. And, And we go from basically birth all the way to about four years old. So starting with our 100% natural rubber teething toy in the shape of a kangaroo, which is Mizzy the kangaroo and every single product after that incorporates Mizzy as I guess the enabler to help children learn in a really fun way because over time we know that children learn best whilst they're having fun mm-hmm. and Mizzy you, helps them do that. <laughs> you've got lots of beautiful products so did it start with Mizzy and then the other products came from it? Exactly right. So Mizzy is our our first and hero product. And over time, then we have launched other products that obviously complement Mizzy, but also kind of follow our journey for the infant from from, from birth. So typically it'll be a baby or infant that might need a, a natural teething aid. They start with Mizzy or Mini Mizzy, which is a product that we launched. That's just basically the mini on the go version of our original. And, and then we have books like interactive books or either touch and feel books or sound books so everything has a little bit of a twist that makes it a little bit different makes it a bit fun and makes that learning journey so much more enjoyable so yeah they've come over time to kind of fill the gaps of of the learnings that I guess babies and toddlers need through time I love that. And did you, let me get, you probably created the product when you had your own little baby. (laughs) 100%. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, it took over two years of research and development. So by the time I launched Mizzy, my daughter was no longer teething. So as many of probably, you know, people listening or that have, you know, female founders that founded a business, a lot of us start something once we have a child because we see a need. And basically my, my daughter was a terrible teether. And I just thought that there was, well, at the time there was nothing really, truly uniquely Australian out there. Mm. This is uh, end of 2015. So, you know, Australiana is, is quite a bit of a trend now, but it wasn't back then. So I really thought there was nothing truly uniquely Australian out there that would really take children from that that emotional time that they really need a good connection to something and that would take them on that fun learning journey. And uh, yeah, that's how basically Mizzy the kangaroo was born. And and uh, Mizzy actually even comes from Izzy, which is Isabella, my daughter's name. She actually goes by Bella or Bella Boo. But when I was looking for a name, I basically just thought, well, that's Typical Aussie, we shorten everything every time, you know, like I'd bring bring her to daycare and it's like, oh, this is baby Isabella. And they'd be straight away. Izzy. Hi, Izzy. (laughs) So I just thought it's such a typical thing. We do that all the time here. It's endearing. It's lovely. And uh, and, and the M was one of her little friends, Maddie. I just kind of added it. So that's how I, I created Mizzy. Oh, that's so beautiful. And to think like 2015, it feels yeah. it feels so recent. Like my my baby was born in 2015 too. I'm but, so glad you say that. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, when I, I think about it, it's a long time ago. 
but I feel like it was just yesterday. Oh, yeah. just yesterday for, for me. Yeah. So to think that you've had a baby, <laughs> you've grown the baby into a what, seven or eight year old and, and mm-hmm. you've also grown an international brand and expanded so many products as well. How have you done it? Yes. Well, look, it's, it's a very busy time. I'm very passionate about it because once I started, I just really thought there really, there really is a need for this, this market. And there's one of the biggest drivers was also I just I just thought there as a new parent you get confused there's so many things out there what's good for my baby what isn't I wanted something natural I wanted to also declutter because there's so much waste out there there's even in the packaging and everything but we, we can talk about that sustainability point later but I just thought how how do parents I, I wanted to help parents also know some of the things that they would really help them in that journey with a firstborn so I'm I'm just really passionate about creating these products that have a purpose. So every mm-hmm. single one of our products has a purpose. It's to help them learn at that particular, I guess, milestone or age, you know, wherever they are in their journey. And and look, you you do have to be relentless. You do have to have thick skin. That comes also over time. It's it's definitely not a skip in the park. It's it's, it's definitely you know you you have to work hard. But that's also that's my personality type. I always, if I have a goal, I work hard. And if I really believe in it, I won't necessarily take no for an answer because sometimes, you know, people don't necessarily believe that it can happen because it hasn't happened before. But if mm-hmm. you really believe in it and if you keep researching, then I think you just have to find a way to make it happen. So yeah, I also had a miracle baby in between that time, which wasn't part of the plan. So you just, I guess you just, you, you just make it work, but you, you do have to put in the the hours, but I, I, I do truly believe that if you, if you believe in it, if you're passionate about it, and if you also start to get you know, customer responses, mm-hmm. people loving it, and you, you get that feedback, not just from you believing in it, but the, you know, the, the community and, and the world, basically, you know, starting to win awards, customers coming back, all of those things, then it's what really keeps you going. And for me, it's, you know, people might think sometimes that a review doesn't help, but every single time we, we have a little skip hop and a dance, you know, a positive review feels great. You know? Absolutely. Yes. And I definitely want to speak to you about the sustainability part of your business, but how you mentioned, you know, once the world starts to see it, because that's very much your brand that you've, you intentionally built the brand from the start to be an international brand and product. So tell us a little bit about that and how your background helped you achieve that. Yes. Well, as you may hear from my accent, I'm originally Canadian, <laughs> French Canadian at that. And I, I actually moved here about 15 years ago. But prior to, to coming here, I worked for big global corporations. So the, the head office of BMW, the European office of Reebok and, and Pepsi. So big global brands. So that's kind of my background, always in global marketing. So really, my training was always to think globally. I guess I know nothing, you know, otherwise. So to mm-hmm. me, I, you know, I launched, well, Mini, the my big project at BMW was the new Mini. Well, we called it the new Mini. It's not so new anymore. But it, it was a new brand that was going out into the world. And we launched it globally from, from day one. So that just gave me the insight that actually you can do it. You you can do it. And a lot of brands do do it. And often people do ask me, oh gosh, how did you have the courage to go to different countries? But I think you have to open up your mind and you think, okay, well, children, you know, we, do, we have different habits. We do things slightly differently, but babies are always going to go through a teething stage. Parents are always going to go through that confusion stage of, oh, what do I choose? They're going to also want the best for their child. They're, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities 
in a different way. You still have to speak to them in a different either language or have different ways of explaining your your brand. Mm -hmm. However, there are some similarities that you have to just, you know, really research and and pick. And and to me, from the beginning, I thought, well, every baby goes through a teething stage Mm -hmm. and every baby needs to learn and every parent wants the best. So, you know, and and also being originally from a different country, I think everyone loves Australia and Australian (laughs) things. So for me, like that Australiana, you know, theme back then was just like, hey, I've lived all over the world. And every time people think that Australian, Australian things are this magical, mystical thing, you know, and a lot of there's been, you know, a few good Aussie brands that have really made it. and, And that was my goal from the beginning. So as I launched Mizzy, I basically already, you know, with teething toys, you need to get testing, all, all toys under for, mm-hmm. for under three-year-olds, you need to really regularly test them, you need to get everything certified, make sure that it's really safe. So from the beginning, I actually then invested in that, all of that testing and made the products compliant worldwide, because I always had the idea and the goal to launch it globally. That's so cool and so inspiring that you can be so intentional from the start. Like not everything, you know, can or should be a happy accident. You know, you can set out to to achieve X, Y, and Z from day zero. I think that takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery and self-belief to be like, no, actually, this isn't a small business. This isn't a side hobby. This isn't like, you know, a little business, you know, run by a mom. It is going to be a global brand. And that is what you set out to achieve. That was the goal from number one, but that's from, you know, day dot. But of mm. course, people do look at you and think that you're crazy. So you have to be, you know, okay with that. And and I'm okay with that because I just thought, no, 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 I I, I I do believe. And and look, some people might also think, oh, I don't want to invest that amount straight away from the beginning to do all the testing. But my thought process was, I do want to be able to sell in the US. I do want to be able to sell all over Europe, Canada, you know, Asia, et cetera. So I don't want in three years time to have to change my product. So Mm. let's just, you know, pay up, up, you know, do that research and invest that amount up front so that when the time comes, we know that we are able to sell our products globally. So, so, so that, that was, I guess, the intentional part. It was, it Mm. was very far ahead. And that's when people go, oh, do you have to really spend that amount of money now? But I just thought, I don't want to have to change things in a few years time. So it's, you know, it's a bit of planning and also, you know, buying websites as well, like straight away, I bought all of the international websites and some of them, you know, I own, but I, I, you know, I just pay the fee every year, but I haven't actually developed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think it kind of, it's that whole saying, start as you mean to go on. Like if you're setting, invest in your, in your idea and your future from early on, it's, it gives you confidence and you know, a direction, somewhere to go to. It's like, well, I've, I've started this. I'm going to keep on exactly going until I get right. there. I don't want to waste this. So keep going. Yes. And I guess it it does, you know, to your point, it just gives you that sense of your path, you know, and look, we can definitely still grow a lot here in Australia, but it also, for me, it's like, okay, and then that next step and then over there and that next step, and I want to achieve this. And it's, 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 yeah, it's part of the trajectory, I guess. It just happens small steps at a time. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, some businesses start out investing in, all different types of things, Facebook ads from the get-go, you know, video content from the get-go, but, you know, you set out to invest in your international growth from day one. I think that's super interesting. 
Roll call for all the online store owners and product-based businesses feeling lost in a list of to-dos. How would it feel to have an easy-to-follow marketing plan to help you reach your biggest e-commerce goals? Having a clear plan would help you feel confident because you know exactly what to do to see results. You will consistently track the numbers that matter. Use your limited, precious time to work on the business strategy, not in the business. Put all the foundational brand and marketing elements in place, like your email marketing, your social media, video, launch campaigns, influencer marketing, yep, the whole organic kit and caboodle. But right now, I'm sure as you open up your laptop after dinner, yet again, you've got other things on your mind, like where to start, What do I do? What is going to make a difference? Who do I trust? The truth is too many women waste their precious time and money and energy on the wrong marketing in the wrong order. And I want to put a stop to that right now because Ecom Grow Strong is opening its doors right now. And I'd love you to come join me and get results just like these women. I had more traffic and more sales and more social engagement. And I've seen exponential growth since completing the course. I have a very clear idea of my marketing strategy. My conversion rate has gone up more than I expected. The course absolutely over delivers each and every week in terms of its content. It has given me so much clarity, so much confidence, you know exactly what to work on. The weekly coaching calls have also been a massive help. I know that I'm going to be using this content for years to come in my business. It has been an absolute game changer for us. There is so much value added in this course. The fact that Lisa takes the time to get to know you, your business and personally tailors feedback. I highly recommend Lisa's course. The best investment I've ever made for my business. So, so much value. Highly recommend. This course is the best foot forward you will give your business. Do not hesitate. Sign up now. So go to lisaburn.co forward slash EGS and enroll into Ecom Grow Strong right now. It's 12 weeks of my support. I will personally guide you through the nine modules. You get lifetime access. There's a private community to cheer you on every day. We've got weekly calls where you can get your questions answered, get unstuck and get coached by me. It's all happening. Jump in now. I'll see you in there. And the other thing that's you know really unique and something that's becoming more and more popular, but probably not so much in 2015, mind you, it was the sustainability aspect of it and how that is through everything from your packaging right through to the product. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And that's actually really interesting because you're absolutely right. Back in 2015, we weren't really thinking about that. But for me, as a new mom, I just couldn't believe the amount of, you know, packaging, plastic Mm. that was around, excuse me, all of our our products. And I just really started feeling uneasy about a lot of waste out there. So from the beginning, I remember our puzzles when we launched them, you know, the factory would like cling wrap them in plastic. Mm. So our first production run was with plastic. And I really, I felt really uneasy about Mm. that. And then I went and I started speaking to our retailers. I said, look, if we just have a little tiny little sticker, just to make sure the box doesn't open in your shop, are you okay with that? Every single one of them said yes. So I remember telling the factory, you know, get rid of that plastic. And they're like, Oh, we don't usually do this. Trust me. This is, this is much better. We do not need that. It's as long, all it's doing is that the pieces don't fly out. And so that's what we went on to do. And also, um, it was just through time. I always look at things. Okay. Can this packaging be recyclable? You know, what can we do? How can we improve it? And also once we started doing more 
online sales because we were, you know, originally much more, well, pretty much almost 100% wholesale. But once we started selling more online, then I just saw there was so much tape being used, Mm -hmm. which is plastic, and also all that bubble wrap. And that's when, again, I just, it felt really uneasy. And I started investing, you know, recyclable tape and this environmentally friendly, well, it's not really bubble wrap. It's a hexed paper that looks like, you know, honeycomb. But it's funny because I never called it, I never labeled it. It was just from the core. It's just, Mm. we don't need this. Why should we have this? You know, why should we have all this waste? And it's just how I truly inside, you know, believed. And Mm. it felt good. Every time we got rid of something, it felt really good. And I knew that other parents liked it. And then we started winning some sustainability awards and things like that, which was which really made me realize, okay, maybe maybe it is a thing. We were just doing what we're passionate about and we were just following what we believe was the right thing to do and what parents wanted. And uh, obviously now, you know, it's great that, well, actually we are leading the way in a lot of, you know, environmentally friendly sustainability, you know, not only awards, but industry, you know, thought schools, even the Australian Toy Association, which we're, we're a member of, they, you know, they also, they, they, they always see Mizzy the Kangaroo as one of the brands that is really putting sustainability and consciousness at, at the forefront. And some, you know, we've been asked for next year's toy fair to come and speak about some of the things that we're doing, yeah. including recycling now our, our, our Mizzy's, which is a, a, a world first. And it's a brand new, new thing that we're very, very proud of, proud of. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. You're putting, well, you at the forefront of sustainability. And I think, as you say, parents appreciate that so much. Like I think the toys and like the kid industries have a lot to answer for because it is just plastic. And even the cardboard, like I'm always going mad on my partner because he'll put cardboard in the recycling, but I pick it up and look at it and it's still got the tape attached to it or staples in it. And it's like, okay, no, we really need to be removing everything. So I love that it's so important to your products and you're leading the way for other kids' brands, brands to get on board. And look, it's and it's hard, and I understand, you know, you know, parents are busy, and sometimes it's hard to, you know, to to do all those, you know, pull off the tape and all mm-hmm. of that. So if companies can do as much as they can yeah. when they send things out, and sometimes I really, you know, you you go to some of the toy aisles, and then you pick up a toy that you're happy to, you know, gift or give for your own children, and then the amount of plastic, like, does it really need to be? you know, like that you need scissors that will go through metal, it feels to open up this package. It does not, it's, it doesn't need it, but I think it's the way that things have been done and they want to protect it, et cetera. And I understand it needs to be protected, but there's a lot of things that be, be, that can be reduced. So, so yeah, we, we are hoping to really open up people's minds, especially in the toy industry to just be more conscious about packaging and what what they can do because especially some of the larger toy companies they have that volume and they can actually have that impact yes in the absolutely yeah. yeah and speaking of sustainability and recycling so you had a well a terrible experience but turned out to be something quite interesting mm-hmm. silver lining the the brisbane floods this year was it this year it was this year i know it feels Gosh. like uh, and a lifetime ago, as well as just yesterday, but it was unfortunately yeah, in February, end of February this year, our warehouse got completely flooded and it was in Albion in Brisbane. For those of you listening who are from Brisbane and uh, we had over two meters high of, of water and I 
we couldn't even access the warehouse for over three days. It was a dreadful time. And when we finally got in, we could only save about 10% of our entire basically stock for the year. So I had just received all of our stock for the year because oh you know, I had to plan. And yeah, so so we lost, yeah, tens of thousands of units. And, you know, when you put like dollar figures around it, it's it's yeah, hundreds of thousands of, of that, that we lost, unfortunately. And uh, no, the insurance didn't cover it, unfortunately, because it was an it was a flood prone area, although it hadn't flooded there oh, in, uh, you know, yeah. decades. Anyways, happened. So there's not much we could do. But I remember once we took away that the 10% that we could salvage that got anywhere near any kind of moisture, of course, we said, well, let's just completely get get rid of it because it's, it's it'll be, you know, we, we just can't sell it. It'll be unsafe. Yeah. And I just didn't want to risk anything, especially people knowing that we were in the floods, said anything that was anywhere remotely close to it, like we have to get rid of it. And the morning that the bobcat was coming in, I just, it was a Saturday morning and I just woke up and I said to my husband, I'm like, we need to go back there. We need to pick up all those mizzies. I just don't feel right about, they're going to end up in landfill mm. and surely there's something we can do about it. And he just looked at me again, like, here we go again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> her and her slightly crazy thoughts, but he also, he was he also knew I was an emotional wreck at that time. And he's like, yep, whatever you need. Oh, and we nice. just called up a couple, <laughs> a couple of friends who showed up with a ute. And basically we went there, we rummaged with, you know, rubber gloves and boots and basically rummaged through it all. Long story short, we saved over 2000 mizzies and mini mizzies that basically had been, have been sitting in my garage for the last, <laughs> since then. And I just thought there is going to be something that I can do with it. I, I'm going to, you know, either find like an art, you know, I don't know, a competition that we can do with schools mm. or create something. And then I just thought, oh, maybe we can recycle them. It's never been done. And uh, and finally, you know, I kind of put it out there and I got introduced to a world leader in rubber recycling. And the reason they're a world leader is because they recycle rubber at next to zero emissions. So it's it's so impressive what they do. Pro Global is their name. And they're just based out of the Gold Coast. So, you know, fairly close to, to Brisbane. So we partnered up and they said, not a problem. We can recycle those mizzies you lost. Absolutely happy to do that. And that's when I said, well, can we actually then start a program for our customers? Because if we do it once, can we keep it going? Because I feel like then it's a moment in time and it's a bit of a lost opportunity for my customers. And yeah, they agreed. So from literally, I think two weeks ago, three weeks ago, perhaps we launched a world first. It's never been done before. Teething toy recycling program. And, you know, it's, it, it was for me an absolutely momentous occasion. And also for the toy industry, just to say that, okay, you can think beyond. And it's also opened up my mind that, okay, so obviously this happened because I thought, you know, about the future because mm -hmm. I had these mizzies that were wasted, but it's made me think, well, we can think about that. All of our products, what happens, what happens with them? Exactly. And now they are fully circular. So after a baby no longer needs them, they can be returned and they actually get repurposed, basically melted down and shredded, melted down. There's a whole like very technically complicated way that they do it. And it gets repurposed for materials to build roads across Australia. So oh, I've just got goosebumps. So oh, so bad. Like, because I know when we first met, you had told me about the recycling aspect, but I didn't realize that it had gone step one step further that now your existing customers can yes. 
recycle. That's that's incredible. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you so much. And and you know, the day that we brought them in and literally we had to bring them in with, you know, a truck and then there was a big truck that dumped them into the, you know, where they get recycled. I said, "Oh, you're going to cry. Is it going to be a really sad moment?" And and look, I was half wondering, "Will I? Will I not?" Mm. I think there's not many tears left in my <laughs> yeah. There's always tears. But you know, I I just felt so re-energized and I felt like, "You know what?" this is amazing. This is such an opportunity. And also it's a way that hopefully other companies see it as it's not always the end. There's maybe a potential to redo and reuse their products that, you know, to basically think of the end life and, yeah. uh, and to say that Mizzy is fully circular is, just, I'm really proud of that. So it's, well, you should be. Be. it's, it's, it's yeah. been Thank a true you. leader, really not looking at that, like once it's the products out of your hands, then that's gone. But it's like beyond when when the, the customer is done with the product, what else can be done with it? So, yeah, amazing. You deserve all the awards for that. Oh, thank Incredible. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so it felt great. So hopefully our customers also, you know, will start, you know, really to, I mean, a few have already, but to really start recycling and thinking about it. And, yeah, so. Yeah, fantastic. So, Tell us a little bit about your marketing because when, like I said, when we met, gosh, earlier this year, you joined yes. Ecom Grow Strong. And, but actually, no, we met before that yes, because you'd done, put your staff through Ecom Grow Strong. Exactly. And another course, Twice. Cruise, yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. I mean, what a great employer you are. But you had decided after some staff changes, you know, enough was enough. You were going to take control of the marketing and, and learn it from the ground up yourself. Um, yeah. So tell Basically. us a little bit about how that happened. Yeah. So it's, again, it's been a long journey, but, you know, as you know, marketing is my, my core. That's what I've lived and breathed, but I'm no digital marketer at all. You know, I'm all about strategy and getting the fundamentals right, which of course, you know, are a big part of digital marketing, but mm. for me, it's all about, you know, the brand, etc. So we were really Pre-pandemic, we were basically mostly just wholesaling. I just thought strategy is be on as many shelves as possible, you know, next to a few of our competitors, people can see and they can make their choice and decide. Mm -hmm. So that was really the strategy. And of course, you know, come March, April 2020, overnight, like many of you listening, 80% of my business was basically gone overnight, you know, you know, stores were shut, all of that. So we just basically had to completely as many other people have done, but we had to flip the business. And then luckily a year prior, I had just launched, I, when I first launched the business, even though the, the goal was, you know, to be wholesale, I thought, okay, of course I need a website, but it was a terrible website. It was a WordPress. It was clunky. It was awful. I, as a marketing person, I, I just, I, I, I hated the website. Whenever someone said, oh, I went on your website, I just always cringed. Right. <laughs> so I think it was 29. I thought, okay, it's really time to, you know, at least upgrade. It looks better for our brand. Also our, you know, our, our wholesalers coming on board, they want to see that the brand is well represented, et cetera. So we went on a Shopify platform and then it was really good. It, you know, it looked flash. It was, it was quite a modern website, I guess. But then we, we, so we had the right tools in a way. And then we also somehow really early on went on to Clavio or Clavio and, but we weren't using it to its full potential potential. And it was during the pandemic. We just thought, okay, ooh, let's, let's, let's try this. Let's try that. And then we really had to flip the business and some things went really, really well. And some things we were just learning as we went. And yeah, so I had all, you know, through that entire time, I had some staff changes and I always thought, okay, well give them the tools 
and then they can learn on that, etc. And I've always, you know, admired your work. I always thought you were great. I've always listened to your web, your your podcasts, and uh, you know, and uh, seen some snippets and heard from also some of my other female founder friends I had worked with you. And I always thought, okay, well, you know, get everyone involved and, and get them speaking or learning from you, because I thought, well, I'm 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 dealing with you know the international expansion. I'll I'll leave the marketing to someone else. So you know, as a small business, unfortunately, like things change, etc. And it was just yeah earlier this year when again <laughs> the second time I had someone go through the the course. I thought you know what it's time you know uh, let let me let me go through this and and really just let's scale back. We we've dabbled in quite a few things. We've done a few things well. Some others we we haven't. Let's just really scale back and get things right and this is why then basically we started working with you and I really really enjoyed our time together and you know I had one of my team members also join so and and she really really enjoyed it too and it's been a, a big learning journey but it's it was also just a time to just kind of we think because a lot of this stuff we were doing was was good mm. we just had to adjust a few things and, yep. and look it's a process I haven't upgraded to Shopify 2.0 yet but I will we've you know redone some of our, our Clavio flow so we're we just can't do it all up so we're doing you know step by step but I just have a really positive feeling and you know energy behind it just knowing that we're doing it right this time we're not just mm. you know pandemic we just had to rush and just do anything you know yeah. we had to start with the Facebook ads we had to do we just had to do things to get results and now yeah sure we had a really rough start to the year but I just feel like it's time to you know let's not rush into things let's just do them properly and just really evaluate and it's hard to because there's, you know, almost daily I get emails from people trying to sell me marketing, you know, marketing solutions, solutions or that, you know, if I do ads with them, I'm going to get 30, you know, yeah. ROAS and, and look, and we've been burnt as well through our time. So I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm taking things slowly because that's not really, you know, the way that I do things, but I, we're, we're really taking taking our time to yeah. make the right decisions and, and 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 work with people that we want to work with as well some some good not necessarily just female founders but we've happened to have stumbled across quite a few and a few that you've recommended as well so yeah it's almost been like a it's it's each step you take you know each course you do each person you work with it's not going to ever be the solution to every single problem, but it's going to take you to that next level, that next step. And for you, it's been doing things strategically, optimizing, looking at yes. things through a completely different lens. Like I remember because you did the VIP Ecom Grow Strong, we got to spend some time one-on-one. Um so I was able to look at your site, look at your emails, look at your product range even through a completely different lens and, and point out a few things that you potentially hadn't even thought of. Absolutely. Um, it's always great to hear it from someone else. Yes. You know? And then yeah. things that we thought were really simple, you said, oh, that's a bit confusing. And you said, <laughs> actually, you know what? We do have too many gifts. <laughs> How are people going to choose from that? So it's it's really about simplifying things sometimes to make that customer experience more enjoyable and just easier, frictionless. And look, we still have a way to go, but no, definitely it's it was a really good way to open up our minds and and also spend the time, which is something that you know we don't do enough of. We just go, okay, yep, here's our next step. Here's our next step. But sometimes you have to take a step back and actually spend time on your business and and review things. You know, doesn't mean that's something that you've done over and over again. 
doesn't mean it's the best way. So sometimes you just have to look at it and go, okay, that can be improved. Yeah, that's true. Yes. It's like being a, being a busy founder like yourself focused on the international markets, we really almost had to, it was a forced stop really. Like you, you still 100%. kept on going, but you know, it was like, hang on a second, let's just slow down, look at things through a different lens, improve before you turn the next big tap on. hundred percent put yeah. those things in place. And the other thing I loved about working with you is that you could bring your team member in on it. So you were, it wasn't all resting on your shoulders. Like you and I could talk strategically exactly. and then your team member could do the work. Absolutely. And she got a lot of value out of it and learned a lot. And I think like in anything, sometimes, you know, as busy founders, we we think, oh, well, we can't, you know, invest and and, and train, etc. But I've enjoyed it a lot. But also this year, I've done quite a few other types of trainings or groups. So I'm always trying to constantly learn. And yeah. the more I learn, the more I have this thirst for learning. And I think everyone has that too. And then you, you see, oh, I, I just did this and that changed and that improved. So I think it's, it's, it's really good to keep, keep learning and, and keep improving. And I think it's, it's good for, for the team as well. And, and for them to get back and feel like they're growing as well. As Absolutely. People yeah. yeah. You, you know, with e-commerce, especially, you know, it's constant, it's a constant process of up-leveling your skills and I was thinking about, because I'm doing a podcast coming up about reflecting on 2020, sorry, 2022, the, <laughs> the founders that I've worked with, but also myself and thinking about, okay, so what are those key elements that we all have in common that's been able to help the businesses grow? And it's just investing in yourself, mm-hmm. investing in your team, because, you know, we, without bringing people into the business, you can't grow. Without learning what's going to work in the next year, you can't grow but also for me as well the the biggest turning points in business is often simply conversations you know conversations Mm -hmm. with people that know a little bit more about it than you do or can see it from a different perspective even like a yeah half an hour conversation can change the business for the next year or beyond definitely and even asking you know your, your peers or, you know, your friends, Hey, how, what do you use or which yeah. platform are you using? Or have you heard about this app? Because that's, that's the beauty of, I guess, e-commerce things are constantly evolving, but then again, it's hard to stay on top of it. So it's good to like learn and hear and, and trying out a few things that you think might help your business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what, advice would you have for someone who was in your shoes back in 2015 mm-hmm. starting a brand what what would you what words of wisdom would you give them oh gosh back in 2015 I would have said do Instagram I wasn't really so I wish I would have back then because it was different <laughs> it was such a different yeah we just really weren't focusing on on direct to consumer but I, I think for for anyone starting a business is just really you know do your research be confident about what you, you and once you're confident about what it is that you're offering your product or your service and if you're really passionate about it there there will be people who will tell you all the time no or that's not going to work or that's never been done and I hear that constantly but sometimes it's because something hasn't been done that it is exciting and that that it will actually do really well and 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 sometimes you find out years later that it's actually a trend but it's just to to stay true to to yourself and your beliefs obviously Mm. as long as you have a have a market and and keep going but it is it is taxing so um 
you do need to take some time for yourself. And that's what I've tried to do, you know, this year a, l- a little bit, you know, the floods that were were pretty, pretty heavy. I haven't taken really time away, but I've taken the time to step away from being in the business and working, I guess, more strategically. And I think that's really helped me refocus on, yep, no, 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 this is where we want to go. This keep going. And these things are working. These things aren't. And, and really to, to be open to learning because sometimes some, something that you do at the beginning and works really well, all of a sudden it won't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not because you're not, people don't necessarily <clears throat> want your product anymore. It might just be because they're, they want it in a different way, you know? Yes. Yes. And, and that opens new doors and new opportunities. Exactly right. They might just be buying it a different way through a different platform. You know, there's so many different platforms out there. So it's just to be really open. And I know it's a, it's a lot to keep learning. You can't do everything, but and once you find something that works well, I guess, give it a good go. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And what's next for Mizzy? Yes, we've always got some exciting things. Look, it's great to see that retailers are back on board. So from a retail perspective, we've got some exciting partnerships for next year, but also, yeah, some some fun product innovations that we've been working on next year. Next year will definitely be a big year and um, we're going to keep expanding globally as well. So yes, watch this space. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see where that kangaroo goes. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into another episode of the e-commerce marketing society podcast. If you'd like to keep getting juicy marketing goodness into your ears each week, hit subscribe. So you never miss an episode. Plus I'm of course, so grateful for a five-star rating and review, which means I can keep supporting you through this podcast. If you'd like to be a part of one of my programs this year, either Ecom Grow Strong or Ecom Scale Strong, head over to my website, lisaburn.com.au and get in touch with me there or over on Instagram at lisaburnmarketing. And I cannot wait to chat with you. Love, love, love.